Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Community is a powerful collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about bootstrapping a new business idea with Kaylin Marcotte. Kaylin is the founder and CEO of Jiggy, a new jigsaw puzzle brand on a mission to modernize and elevate the humble jigsaw and supporting female artists around the world all the while. She turned her hobby into a company and has been featured on Shark Tank, Oprah's Favorite Things, and she's won over celebrity fans, including Gwyneth Paltrow, Lily Reinhart, and Chrissy Teigen. Kaylin was previously the first employee at media startup The Skim and is an alum of Barnard College in New York City. We are so excited to talk about bootstrapping and this fantastic business. Please help us welcome Kaylin Marcotte. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk today. (laughs) We're so thrilled to have you here, Kaylin, and just talk about this fantastic business that you've built really from the ground up. Um, So I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there for everyone listening. We are super girl fans here of Kaylin and (laughs) Jiggy. So I'll try not to gush too much, but it's already happened. So it's okay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I'm going to kick things off because I want to start right at the beginning. Uh, You know, obviously we're huge fans of what you've built and just the idea of what you've created to support female artists around this business. But I want to start right at the beginning and just really talk about what really inspired you to create this business idea and how everything came about. Yeah, it all started, um, oh my gosh, eight, nine years ago now. So I, you know, started my career in management consulting, and then I met two young co-founders. They were starting a media company in New York, and I had been a political science major in college and was very just kind of interested in media and current events. And um, so I joined them as their first employee. So that was my first kind of entrance into the startup world and experiencing small teams and early companies and what it takes and and really um, building from from such an early stage. And so I joined the skim at, uh, at the end of 2013, and you know going into 2014 and 15, and it, it was it was just the the hyper growth days of the company and it was just kind of always all hands on deck and so much ownership and responsibility and kind of creative control and it was really exciting and it was also really stressful at times and could be you know all consuming um and so i was really just starting to look for a way to get away from screens at the end of the day, you know, I was on a, on a laptop all day on my phone. And so, um, I thought coming home and just watching TV felt 
like, like more of the same and not really the, the kind of disconnect I was looking for. So um, started, you know, took some yoga classes and um, like the meditation apps had just come out and, and everyone was talking, starting to talk about meditation. And so was really just starting to be more kind of aware of, of this idea of mindfulness and what does that look like? And, um, and traditional meditation and yoga and some other things I had tried just didn't really do it for me or, or they didn't become a habit. I didn't stick with them regularly, um, until I did a puzzle and it, you know, I had really thought of puzzles more like toy game, you know, do with, as a family, as a kid. Uh, I hadn't really thought of them as, as kind of this, this ritual or this tool. Um, but it, you know, doing a puzzle really was enough kind of activity and, and enough of, um, of a challenge to, to center and focus my mind and occupy my mind and kind of keep me present, um, but you know, not overly challenging to where I, I was exhausted and it just led to more burnout. So it, um, was really kind of the perfect balance for me of an activity away from screens with my hands that felt creative, that was relaxing and meditative. And so I started doing, um, a puzzle every night basically. And I would go through a thousand piece puzzle a week. And so I was always, buying more, looking for more, you know, I would post all my completed ones on my Instagram and all my friends were like, whoa, Kaylin's really (laughs) into puzzles. Um, And so that's when, you know, once I was really like becoming such a consumer of them, I was like, why is the only thing I can find out there? Like, you know, grandma's puzzles, like cheesy stock photography. This, it looked like they all pulled from the same kind of, you know, yeah. stock photo site of, of horses and landscapes and <laughs> cottage scenes. And, um, you spend eight, 10, you know, up to 12 hours with this image and you're really kind of immersed in it, living inside of it. And so I just started thinking like, how would the experience of doing a puzzle be different if, um, if the art was compelling, if it was, you know, something that, uh, that you not only wanted, wanted to immerse yourself in, uh, for all of these hours, but then once you're done, it's essentially like a 24 inch print that you've just completed yourself. So, um, could that also be another angle of you're basically piecing together your own art, uh, and then, and then that's where the idea, the, the seedling of the idea planted, um, way back then for Jiggy. And I ended up, you know, staying at the skim for a long time and really kind of slowly starting to work on it and didn't launch until about five years later in 2019. Wow. And I, I think it's just so incredible because I love what you said in, in the bio, you know, in your bio, it said the humble jigsaw puzzle, because it mm-hmm. is, it's something that, you know, it's always available, like when you go to the cottage or, you know, something that's always hidden downstairs in your game room. Um, but just this idea that, I mean, I'm a huge puzzler. I love doing puzzles. And so mm-hmm. I'm so curious about how you developed that spark, because we all have seen puzzles. We've all done a puzzle, but you've done something in such a unique and creative way that's changed things and for the better, I think. So what's the key element that really differentiates the jigsaw 
the jiggy experience yeah. because it's it goes beyond just doing the puzzle like you said it becomes art so how what yeah. sets that apart so the main kind of product differentiators for us are the art itself. So of course the design that you're doing that you will be puzzling each one. So once I had this idea, thought about how am I going to execute on it and, and what does this actually look like? And so I, when I was growing up, my mom had founded an arts nonprofit. So I was always surrounded by the art community in Los Angeles where I'm from. And, um, and so saw not only how many incredible artists are out there, but also how hard it is to monetize your work and, you know, doing shows, selling originals and prints and trying to get representation in galleries. And it just can be a really tough um, road to making a living out of your artwork. And so that was when I kind of brought these two, you know, concepts together and thought, okay, let's not only, you know, the product itself needs a beautiful visual experience and could this be a chance to also support these artists at the same time? So that was kind of step one was to um, build this, this profit share model that we do with the, these artists where we partner with them, use their artwork as puzzle designs, and they get a percentage of the sales. Um, and then step two was also was like, all right, well, now that it's, you know, the puzzle itself is a beautiful piece of artwork, I want to present it as such and have, mm-hmm. you know, the packaging reflect that and have it be um, a treat, kind of, you know, the 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 unboxing experience, something that you would want to um, kind of show off or, or share on Instagram or gift to your friends because mm-hmm. it had that that wow factor. And so um, decided to, to, you know, ditch the, the cardboard box and the plastic bag that the puzzles, every puzzle I did had come in. And so the pieces come in a glass jar. So one, when you, you know, when you see it, you open it, you kind of see, um, get that wow of seeing the pieces presented in this glass jar, which is also reusable. We wanted to stay away from um, single use materials. So um, it's a reusable glass jar with a cork lid. So if you choose to keep your puzzle, you know, glue and frame, which I'll talk about, you know, that's one option. If you want to take it apart and put it back in pieces and do it again, then um, it also could be displayed, you know, beautifully on the bookshelf in this glass jar. So that was one thing. And then um, two was the the box itself. You know, people have said like, it looks like the Apple product of puzzles, which just like totally <laughs> makes my day. Um, cause today, you know, we wanted that really kind of thick matte material, the box sits upright and you kind of lift the top off very kind of dramatic reveal to see the puzzle. Um, we have some like gold foil and blind embossed and just nice details to really, uh, again, kind of present it not as like, a toy game, but really this, this ritual, this, um, this opportunity to carve some time out and treat yourself to, to more mindful self-care. And so one of the packaging to, to present that. Um, and then lastly, what do you do with the puzzle once you're done with it? Um, you know, again, you end up, you spend these hours, end up with this, you know, print of the work. And so, um, especially since these are original pieces by these artists, the idea to include a tube of puzzle glue with each one, um, which is, ex- you know, has existed things like Mod Podge and, and craft stores have had some version of glue that would work. Um, but we're the first to, to really kind of productize that and merchandise it together. And so every jiggy puzzle comes with 
this this special puzzle glue that goes right on the top and and gets in between the pieces, dries clear, binding them, essentially creating an art print out of this puzzle that you've just completed. Um, so yeah, those are our our big differentiators of kind of reinventing and and, and modernizing the puzzle. Oh yeah, and you've done such a phenomenal job. I mean, just the fact that of tapping into the, to the fact that puzzles are there to are born out of quieting the mind and you know women have been experiencing burnout for especially in the last couple of years and this is just a fantastic you you've done a phenomenal job both with the packaging and with the artwork and bringing in that that female element of the artists and how many artists do you work with just out of curiosity yeah, it's been it's one of my favorite parts of the business has been how much we've been able to grow that. So we I, we started, I would just start going to art fairs and shows and reaching out to them. And then once we were live, we had a lot of inbound as well. A lot of artists reaching out to us. And now we have like an open submission process. Um, and then we we have a wait list of artists. And what we also started getting interest in is custom puzzles. So partnering with brands or communities. We just did one for the Girl oh, Scouts. And idea. we actually tapped yeah. our community of artists and asked if any of them were Girl Scouts or had a connection. And one of our artists who had been a Girl Scout, like was a um, golden award winner in Girl Scouts. And she really pulled on her experience to commission an original piece that became that puzzle. So we have thousands of artists at this point in our network, and we've um, actually worked with and, and you know, manufactured um, probably like 250 puzzles with different artists at this point. Amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, is. and I just hope that anyone who's out there listening, you know, whether you're listening because you're thinking of bootstrapping a business, you have an idea. I just... I just, I get, so, I told you fangirl, like I just, there's so much you can learn from your story because you just, you took something that we all know and love and made it more incredible and more fun. And just this yeah. idea that women can really just embrace this. Anybody can embrace your yeah. product, but I think a lot of the details, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but would you say a lot of the details are really intended for that special curated experience that women look for? Yeah, I think it came from such a, an organic place of being a user and really kind of what would my dream puzzle be? And yeah. like, you know, I am my my target audience. So um, yeah. so having such like a close kind of pulse on that. And yeah, I think, you know, one one thing I would definitely say to people listening, if they are, you know, have an idea or, or interested in doing something themselves is. I think there's a lot of attention on kind of the, you know, big tech zero to one, you know, create something that's never, ever been done before. And I think sometimes, and, you know, what I kind of hope to show with my story of like, it might be right in front of you. It's just, yeah. what's your unique angle? How, you know, what can you bring to, 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 to do it differently, um, position it differently and put your unique spin, but it might not be, you know, complete reinventing the wheel, but really just doing something in, in your, your special way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, lo I, I love it. And it just, it plays on all so many different aspects of life, whether you're doing it on your own or whether you're doing it with family, whether it's a family tradition, like we always get, get the puzzles out at the holidays, yeah. whether it's Christmas or Easter or whatever. It's a great way to bring everybody together as well. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, well, it's, it's, 
it's it fits everything it's um you've <laughs> well, done a really great it. job yeah and well I, and you mentioned bringing everyone together right and there's what i've what we've seen online now is this community that's now developed through jiggy um yeah. around the experience and i think that's such a cool thing because when you tie that in with your branding i mean obviously we're going to talk a little bit about some of the incredible endorsements you've received and just, you know, how it's become this love affair with so many people. Um, But the community aspect, was that intentional? Is there something you really wanted to achieve with that? And how did all of that get started? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it really kind of started in my experience at the skin, which, you know, was a media company. It was very community driven um, from the beginning started you know, a brand ambassador program and had events around the country. And really the idea that a brand could, could bring together, you know, it's, it's users, it's, it's these like-minded people who connected with the brand in some way. And that that could um, not only be a special thing in and of itself, but also be a real, you know, asset to the, to the company and lead to growth and lead to, you know, um, more brand loyalty. And so I really saw the value of having community so ingrained in a brand from the beginning. Um, And, you know, because it was such, I think just what kind of started as this, you know, labor of love hobby turned, uh, turned company um, with, you know, the artists, community already kind of baked in. Um, it was just a very natural kind of evolution of, um, of having a real community on both the artist side and our, our customer and user side. And, um, and there is something, you know, I think the couple biggest use cases for puzzles, you know, for me, it really started as my solo time meditation and, and unwind. Um, but then certainly, you know, have puzzle parties with friends or, mm-hmm. or family have talked to so many, um, of our, of our customers who have it as this kind of glue, you know, this activity, this, this social element. Um, one woman was saying she's kind of, you know, a, a leader in her neighborhood and a lot of the, the, the kids and teens around her come, come to her house to talk and grab a snack. And she always has a puzzle going because it's a very, um, like disarming way to just, you know, connect. And it's not like, okay, let's sit down at the table and and tell me what's happening with your friendships in school. You know, um, it's just more kind of casual and it just kind of um, gets people, yeah, feeling comfortable. And so, uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, offices that, that have a puzzle going for kind of team building. So it's been really fun to see all the, you know, varieties of, of social puzzling, you know, solo meditative puzzling and, um, to really kind of lean into that from the brand and, and, you know, we've done like zoom puzzle parties with our puzzle club. So we started a monthly membership where, you know, you get a 500 piece puzzle every month. Um, and so those are really, you know, our avid puzzlers. So we've done, you know, a studio tour with the artist where she shows her painting, the original that now you're puzzling and, um, and so really fun, fun things like that. Um, which just is not only really rewarding for me, but I think really kind of separates the brand too. A hundred percent. 
That's so awesome. It really is so awesome. So let's talk about some of those celebrity endorsements and and recognition that you've received and those pinch me moments because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they've had a really big impact on on you and and what you do. And it would be really great. Do you remember um, one that was maybe the most impactful for you and where you were when you heard about the endorsement? I would say, I mean, a huge and recent one just a few months ago for holidays last year was the Oprah's favorite list, favorite things list. And I remember that one for a couple of reasons. I mean, also talk about the power of community. I'll I'll share the back behind the scenes story. But, um, you know, that one was especially rewarding for, for, yeah, a couple of reasons. And one was that um, it was just kind of a, a real validating moment to me of just like persistence. I had met someone there, her creative director, like back two or three years ago. And, you know, we didn't, they, they adjusted the focus of the list and we weren't eligible anymore. And then followed up, you know, year after year. And so finally, um, it was one of those just, you know, persistence does, you know, pay off kind of moments. Um, but also they, they reached out and they were like, all right, you've made it to the final round where we do an actual photo shoot. Like we're, we're going to shoot too many products and we're going to select so that we have options. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a very good indication. You're very late in the process. And so, um, we need the product. It was a Tuesday. And I remember where I was because I was thrown into full panic mode, but it was a Tuesday at like 1030 AM. And I was working from home, my apartment in New York. And, um, and they said, okay, the photo shoot is this Thursday. So, you know, 48 hours from now (laughs) in uh, Portland, Oregon. So across the country, and we, we want to shoot for the display, not only, you know, the product itself in its pieces and its packaging, but we also, because, you know, the, the fact that it's art and you include the glue is such a differentiator. We'd love to have a finished framed one oh my. To, to shoot as well. <laughs> and so I'm like, Hmm, okay. Not only do I not have this product in New York with me, I don't have any finished or completed. <laughs> so I was like, okay, do I, do I have the warehouse overnight it cancel all my plans tomorrow power puzzle all day long <laughs> it, frame it overnight it back to the west coast and I was like wait a second there has to be a customer out there who kept their puzzle and so I just went to our Instagram and I posted like hey you know hey jiggy jiggy family anybody have and I put a picture anybody have this design that they have kept and have glued. And I got a few responses. And then there were two women, one in Minnesota and one in Texas who, you know, got on the phone with me, had it framed on their wall, took it off their wall, <laughs> drove it to UPS, <laughs> bubble wrapped it up and shipped it to Portland, Oregon for me. And it was just, I mean, that's the only way we made the deadline. And wow. so um, it was one of those just, yeah, really not only, making the list, having that Oprah endorsement, but being able to make it happen with, you know, with the just help of our your customers community. Yeah. being willing to to drive their, their product that they purchased. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is an yeah. amazing so that story, but pretty cool. One. 
And just the idea of having to power puzzle. I've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) We have to make a new t-shirt. The power puzzler. Yeah, power puzzler. (laughs) I think that is, a see, and that's the thing. That's the power of community because, I mean, just the thought that that could even come together so quickly like that. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. Um, Okay. And let's go back to the bootstrapping concept, really, because when you started this, you were working full time, right? Um, Mm -hmm. so I want to talk a little bit about building from the ground up to now being a million dollar plus, plus, plus business, um, and any tips you can share with other entrepreneurs, or like we said, listeners who are thinking of starting, they have an idea, you know, what tips can you share along the way? Yeah. And I, this is another thing I would definitely, I think there is a lot of focus on, you know, um, VCs and fundraising and, and having to kind of come out of the gate, start big and raise a big round. And, um, I would also just encourage people with an idea to think like, could I do this differently? How far could I get, you know, on my own or bootstrapping, um, to not only retain more control, you know, more of the equity. If you do end up raising later, if you're further along, you just, you know, are in a better position, um, to do that. So I started, you know, the big, of course it's a physical product. So there are, there are hard costs up front, you know, of, of making it. Um, so I, and I, the skim had some, some transferable experience of just a startup, but it was all digital. So, right. so Jiggy is my first physical product. So, you know, self-funding and learning all of that at the same time was definitely a pretty steep learning curve, but some of the things that, that I did that I would definitely recommend are, um, you know, really viewing your, manufacturing partners as real partners and building that relationship. And, you know, it's not as, as in my experience, like straightforward or or kind of transactional of just like, you make the thing, here's my order, you know, that's that, but really a relationship they're in it with you. They're, they're part of the company. So um, going to visit, seeing the space, you know, building that really having really good communication because they can also really help out of like, giving, you know, more flexible terms of we had really high minimum order quantities. And I was like, all right, I, I think I, you know, I will want that amount, but for right now, I think I can sell, you know, a quarter of that. So mm-hmm. could I basically commit to that over X amount of time, but only take delivery of this amount up front? Um, you know, could you be flexible with maybe net 60. So I can actually receive the first order and start selling and and getting some revenue before I have to pay you back. So some, especially if you're bootstrapping and, you know, really tied to, to um, a budget, then, you know, just trying to get creative with some of the terms and how to, you know, some people do pre-orders. And so, um, you know, even crowdfunding like Kickstarter, but but even if you just do it on your own, opening up pre-orders to start getting some sales in and and start you know building that cash flow before um, you have to start paying vendors back. So um, so definitely like building those relationships and seeing if you can get a little bit creative with with terms. Um, 
And then, yeah, from there, it's, you know, really it's, it's a different beast, like being bootstrapped and, and having to, to run on cash flow and just be really cognizant of what's coming in, what's going out. Um, and, uh, and so I think having either being really in the numbers yourself or having kind of a trusted advisor or accountant, um, and, uh, and then ultimately, you know, for us, one of the biggest challenges is like seasonality, you know, uh, holidays are our peak season and then, you know, there are some slower months. And so how do you even out and make sure you're anticipating the costs, you know, still have to make payroll during the slow months. So how do you um, kind of plan out the year and, and try to combat some of that, that just natural seasonality. Um, But I think some tools like, you know, Shopify, which is what we run our store on. And, um, you know, a lot of like, uh, providers that run small business payroll and just help with the basics. Um, it was actually pleasantly, I was pleasantly surprised that there are just so many tools, um, for small businesses to, for kind of the, the admin, the infrastructure, um, to actually get you up and running pretty cost effectively. And that you can do a lot of it on your own. You know, I built our site we're like, wow, who designed your site? I was like, well, it was a, it was a template. (laughs) It was a (laughs) Shopify template. And then I jazzed it up a bit, but um, I think there is, you know, using, I go on LinkedIn and find like, you know, a school of visual arts student here in New York. And so finding, you know, freelancers and, um, and people who would be excited to be a part of it, building their portfolio. Um, and yeah, I think doing, you know, keeping it scrappy for as long as you can, (laughs) um, just leaves you a lot more options of what to do in the future. And I think also it forces you to be a bit more creative um, in right. terms of finding those solutions. And I, I love how you I love how you you talked about negotiating those terms and those minimum orders. So I, I think mm-hmm. it it's important to realize that you can do those things when you're when you're starting yeah. out and that you don't have to stick to to what they say. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that's really key. And I'm really glad you mentioned that about building those relationships so that you can negotiate. I'd love to, would you be able to share a bit more about your, the shark, shark tank experience? I mean, has that, how did that come about and, um, and um, how has that made a difference with your business? Yeah, that was a really exciting moment also. Um, So it turns out the producers are always kind of scouting, looking at, you know, gift guide lists and, and social media for new products. So they contacted me. Um, there's there's open application processes and and casting days, um, but ultimately a producer reached out and asked if I would be interested in in applying. So you know, did my pitch video and went through the whole process, um, and then and then was selected. And so went in and pitched the sharks, which was um, a very strange combination of super surreal. And, you know, I had watched the show and certainly once I was preparing, you know, watched every episode to to see what the sharks would ask and who seemed to focus on what things. And um, so we just watched a ton. So even just, you know, walking onto the set and everything was, was super surreal. Um, I mean, ultimately you're in there for an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, you know, they cut it to you know, seven yeah. minutes, but you're in there much longer. So you have a lot of time to to really get into everything and have a good dialogue and 
Um, and it's much more of a conversation than, than what ends up being shown. So um, really the chance to just share, share my story and share the, you know, what we were trying to do with Jiggy and, um, and, and even the process of preparing was really helpful. Uh, Cause at that point, you know, was doing it alone, no investors, no, you know, real kind of no one to report to. So just kind of to do the homework of really like, what is the big vision and, you know, what, where could I really get this to um, was, was really helpful. And then once it airs, it's incredible, the power of the, the audience. And, you know, I think the Shark Tank viewer um, really is rooting for, for yeah. you and the companies that they see. And so when you've had the chance to tell your story and they feel connected to, to the story, um, you know, of course, the, the traffic and support and sharing and sales from just customers from the larger audience is incredible. Um, but then a lot of other people watch the show too, like retailers and, and, and other investors and partners. And so there's a lot of kind of, um, different, different types of, of opportunities or feedback or introductions, um, that comes from the show, which was very cool. And even still, I mean, they, they rerun it. So even now I'll see, I'll notice it's coming. We'll start getting a lot of, you know, um, just supportive notes or, or, or DMS <laughs> on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh, something must have reared. Um, but it was a really, really great kind of challenge for me and, um, an opportunity to put Jiggy on, on this national platform. So exciting. That's we so have, exciting. um, we have our version here yeah. in Canada called the dragon's den. Um, yeah. and a few of the sharks, have been our dragons in the past. So oh, there, cool. <laughs> we have a few, but it's such an, a fantastic opportunity. We've had quite a few of the women entrepreneurs in our community who have been on either of those shows. So really fun to see new ideas come to life on TV like that. Yeah. So I love it. Um, so mm-hmm. I want to ask you what's next. I know we have some news to share, but what's next for you on the Jiggy side? We have so much coming, which I, yeah, I'm so excited to share. So We, I mean, even just um, what has been recently launched, you know, we started with the, this, this kind of classic, our, our signature um, adult puzzle. And again, each one comes with the puzzle glue. So the first kind of thing that came next were frames, you know, we get, okay, I glued it. Now I want, I I (laughs) want it to be wall art. So um, we released our own Jiggy frame pairings. So, um, and now we sell them as a bundle. So you can, you know, pick your puzzle, get your frame and really both have this activity and affordable wall art all in one. Um, and then, you know, to, to what we kind of talked about of uh, the whole family getting involved, we wanted to, uh, you know, start them younger. And so we launched Jiggy Jr., which is our kids line. Nice. Um, so those are 100 piece puzzles, you know, starting around age five, six. Um, and then really this year, we're working on a couple exciting things. So, so first um, has been our mini puzzle line. And so these are essentially puzzle greeting cards, which I love. We started doing them for our gift cards. So when you would get a Jiggy gift card, you would get this mini 24 piece puzzle in the mail and you had to put it together to get your redemption code to actually use it. (laughs) So it was like a puzzle (laughs) challenge to use your gift card. 
And people just loved it. I think there's the kind of the surprise and delight of getting, you know, opening an envelope and 24 pieces being in there and having to unlock the message um, was very cool for people. So we have done basically a greeting card line, you know, congrats, thank you, thinking of you, um, where you can write your message on the back and then put it in the mail and and the recipient has to put it together. Um, So that's been really fun. And then... um, and then next up, actually for the summer, only a couple months away, we are, we, of course, we have new designs. So we release seasonal collections of new puzzle designs um, for both adult and junior. Um, and we're also started doing our first non-puzzle product, um, which is going to be a coloring book. So I thought, you know, it really came from our community of saying, I love puzzling. Like I also kind of the similar meditation and and kind of interacting with art, experiencing art in this tactile way. Um, I would love to do some of these artists pieces as a coloring book. So we are releasing our first, um, our first one in, in a couple months. That's amazing. I'm so excited. That's a great (laughs) idea too for the coloring book. And I just, okay, for those who are listening, we are super excited to share that we are going to be carrying Jiggy Puzzles at the Revolution Her store. Uh, We're opening for spring 2023 in Ontario, and we will be the first retail location in Canada to feature Jiggy Puzzles. So we are so excited. As you can tell, like I said, I warned you guys, (laughs) we had had a lot of love for Kaylin and her products, but um, so excited that you can come and actually get the product in store. So if some, if someone's listening in the U S so you have retail outlets there, otherwise someone can also purchase online, correct? Yes. Yeah. Jiggypuzzles.com is our website and social and everything. So can find us there. Um, and then we have some, some larger retail, um, with like Macy's and Nordstrom's and then, uh, and then online, e.com as well. Um, and then we have select designs on Amazon also. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So we're not done yet. This was so helpful. Kaylin, you had so many great Mm -hmm. tips for entrepreneurship and bootstrapping and just making an idea a reality. So thank you for sharing. Um, we're going to just dive into a couple of rapid fire questions to close out because, you know, we just want to get a little deeper (laughs) (laughs) and then that's it. So, I'll kick things off with the first question because I would love to know um, in the quiet moments. So when you're not puzzling and you're not working in the quiet moments, where does your mind wander to? Hmm. It usually wanders to my next travel destination or where I want to go and explore next. I've, um, been really lucky to to be able to travel starting at a young age and we you know my family we like hosted a foreign exchange student who lives in Japan and um so definitely have always made um new places you know experiencing new cultures a a big priority and part of my life so usually when I'm just daydreaming it's where are we going next and and what are we what part of the world are we going to see Nice. Yeah. I'm a big traveler too. So in, in leading on from that question, then where is next on, on the list of where you'd like to travel to? Mm, so we are going, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband is um, French. And so he, you know, I've done the very tourist 
Paris and um, and some south of France, but he's going to take us around his hometown area, which is um, Alsace over on the German border side. Um, and so we're going to explore there next. Fun. Nice. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. France is still <laughs> on my list. <laughs> I haven't yeah. been there yet. It will happen. Um, all right. What is well, usually we ask what your theme song would be if you had one. So either your theme song or your favorite band or just that music that gets you going. What would that be? I have totally succumbed to the like hidden Taylor Swift Easter egg lyrics (laughs) storytelling. So I don't have tickets to her tour, which just started in the States. I know. But, um, but no, I just, I think she like truly is a storyteller and I love, um, I love diving into, to the lyrics. And now I think by like the algorithm knows on my Instagram (laughs) feeds me all these like (laughs) conspiracy theories and, and, and hidden stories. Um, but I've been enjoying her new stuff. Yes. Oh my gosh. My daughter. So my daughter's 14. We both have daughters that are 14, but she, mine is obsessed. I'm not even (laughs) obsessed with Taylor Swift. And she was like, mom, do you think you could ever get Taylor on the podcast? (laughs) Like, I would help you. Worth a shot. Right. You don't know. You don't ask. You don't get that's for sure. (laughs) In terms of, so next question then, uh, favorite app or online tool that you use? What's what's one of your favorites that you'd like to share? Yeah, definitely day to day. I'm spend most of my time um, in in our Shopify. So you know, anyone looking to small business, I think it's super easy. A lot of the things that you know I had no experience, like the data and analytics and um, reporting and and changes to the site. So. Um, so spend a lot of time in Shopify, um, you know, as a team, we're on Slack all day, every day. Um, and so find that really easy, especially being remote to not, you know, not email and have to wait and get a response, but to really have that kind of just quick conversational dialogue, um, and feel more connected throughout the day. Um, and then I, you know, still am on, start, we're starting to be on TikTok more. Uh, I kind of split my time looking at just what the trends are and, and what other brands are doing and kind of what is trying to keep a pulse on what people are talking about and what's going on on both yeah. Instagram and TikTok. And I would think Pinterest. So would you say Pinterest or Instagram for Jiggy itself is one stronger than the other? I would say Instagram has been bigger for, um, for, yeah, like our community kind of back and forth. I think Pinterest is a good kind of discovery, you know, mm-hmm. people are, um, looking very open-minded, looking for new things and, and decor and stuff. So, um, the Pinterest kind of more DIY community yes. is great, but Instagram still has a kind of a broader reach for us. Love it. All right. My question. That was like a sub question. This is the actual <laughs> question. <laughs> so what is the last thing you got in trouble for? Hmm. The last thing I got in trouble for. Um, I think sometimes what I just have to check myself on and it, it gets me into trouble sometimes just with 
vendors or partners or whatever is um, my uh, impatience, I would say. Sometimes I, you know, we doing a new idea and like, I want it to see, I want to, you know, the results immediately. And um, okay, if it's, if I don't see results immediately, does that mean it's not working? And I think sometimes, especially running a company, you know, you don't want to switch gears too much. And yes, of course, keep things fresh, try new ideas, you know, stay relevant, innovate. Um, but things do take time. And the latest thing I heard, you know, data point of especially now, like even sh- more shortened attention spans of consumers, it's yeah. like consumers have to see something like 13 times or something, you know, <laughs> oh for, for it to stick. And so, you know, sending a couple emails, like it just, it doesn't mean that that product line or that new marketing campaign, you know, isn't a success or can't be, um, you're just, you're 11 times short of how many times you need to say it. So, um, so yeah, I think sometimes what gets me into trouble is, is just wanting things to move quicker or happen quicker or a little bit of a lack of patience, um, for the process and for, um, you know, sticking to sticking with ideas, sticking to messaging and, you know, really, um, really letting it build that momentum. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, last question before we wrap it up. So you're based in New York. Can you tell us one thing you like to do locally? Yes, we love comedy shows. So we've actually been um, friends and and fiance, and we do a lot of comedy shows. Uh, and one, just New York is the place, you know, random yeah hole in the wall, like you're going to see really talented people. And um, I just have so much respect for, for, you know, people who get up there and I know it all. Um, Yeah. And very nice way to, um, I think to, to just kind of disconnect and, um, you know, we, you know, my fiance too, he's, he's owns a business as well. And so, you know, during the week, we're very much, kind of in the weeds, you know, in the thick of it, in our heads a bit. And so uh, too, it's a chance to really just kind of not take ourselves or life too seriously. Um, And yeah, the New York comedy scene is, is a very, um, very fun place. I love it. Laughter therapy always works too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, this is very fun. I just, we could stay on here all day with you. I know you're kind of busy. You probably have things to be doing, but really thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing your story, your journey, and just who you are with our listeners. We were so very thankful. Um, Thank you both so much. Oh, so good. So real pleasure. It has. And we can't wait to highlight even more of what you do in your products. Um, So thank you so much for trusting Revolution Her and trusting us because we are forever fans that are just (laughs) going to continue to build this fangirl crush them from over here. Thank you. Um, Support means so much. Always. So for those of you listening, we hope that Kaylin's story inspired you. And if you can think of any other women in your life that you know, some of her insights and tips will also inspire. Please feel free to share this podcast episode. Go ahead and like and review. Um, You know, we're always thankful. Revolution Her is here to support and uplift and continue to grow as a community so that women everywhere can, you know, continually climb and succeed together. So 
until we hear from uh, our next guest, we can't wait. And we just hope that you have an amazing day. And I guess we'll see you soon. Thank you for being here. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you.